1: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
0: What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, Do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham.
2: Throw out some famous names, see if they resonate with you. Jacques Cousteau and Emile Gagnon. William Proctor and James Gamble. Of course, you know them. Bill Gates and Paul Allen. I'm even throwing in Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. What do they all have in common? Their collaborative, innovative solutions impacted and delighted their respective audiences, and some continue to do so today. So our question today in the cloud is, how can your business co-innovate by sharing synergies and energy with the people who really understand what your markets want. And we have three wonderful experts who unanimously have this answer, look to the cloud. Let me tell you a little bit about what they say. Sherry Ann Meyer quotes Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I love this. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes the best quotes are the old ones, especially from beloved movies. Sherry adds, the old way of working will no longer work. The cloud is an enabler, sort of a new industrial revolution or renaissance in business. I love that. We're also going to hear from Michael Krigsman, who's a regular guest here on both SAP radio shows. Michael very wisely says, in today's world, success requires deep engagement with your customers. The starting point for investment is a practical and deep understanding of cooperation with users. And SAP Sven Denikin, I'm so delighted to have Sven on today. I met him through Sapphire, through remote radio a couple weeks ago. Sven says, co-innovation is a state of mind. The next generation cloud will support greater business flexibility and agility via rapid innovation cycles with significant customer co-innovation. And Sven also wrote a blog on May 16th I found online on talent management solutions. He said, co-innovation is not just white paper theory. We're putting it into practice. When you need to rethink and deliver something new to the market, making your customer part of the product management team is definitely the best strategy. Got a lot of muscle here. Okay. And I even found a website talking about co-innovation with the U.S. government. Oh my goodness. We'll talk So our topic today on In the Cloud with Game Changers is co-innovation, a cloud state of mind. I'll be tweeting regularly, and we have Greg Chase, our colleague at SAP, tweeting all the wonderful words of wisdom that are coming from our guests. So let's talk briefly. Sherry Ann Meyer, IT HR Solutions and Delivery for Air Products and Chemicals, a member of the Board of Directors, American SAP Users Group, fondly known as ASUG, and Program Chair, SAP Users Group, Human Capital Management Community. Welcome, Sherry. Mary, how are you today?
3: I'm good. Thanks for having me on the
2: show, Bonnie. Pleasure. And should I be calling you Sherry or Sherry Ann? What's your Sherry preference? Did. Wonderful. Short and sweet. Michael Kurzman is CEO of Assure It Incorporated, a consulting company dedicated to reducing tech implementation failures. He's a frequent guest, as I said, on both SAP radio shows, Wednesdays and Thursdays here on the Business Channel. Michael has been involved with hundreds of software development projects from small startups to Fortune 500 organizations. And we know those are the people with whom our, we are speaking, Michael, the those are our audience. So how are you today, Michael Krigsman? Bonnie, thanks so much for having me. Wonderful to have you back, always. And Sven Denikin is Vice President of Strategy and Head of Co-Innovation Cloud On-Demand Solutions at SAP. Sven assesses customer and market requirements, defines the co-innovation approach to new developments with customers and partners, and he supports SAP's on-demand and cloud strategy. Sven, welcome. How are you today?
4: Very welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Sherry and Michael. I'm great and awful to join you.
2: Wonderful. We're glad to have you and it was a thrill. I got to see you on a little webcam when you were at Sapphire and we recorded some interesting comments from you about innovation. So let's get a little deeper into this conversation. I'm going to go in the order in which I introduced my guests in the monologue and let's find out what they meant. Sherry Ann Meyer. Sherry, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. I know that's one of your favorites. How does that apply to the way we're working today, Sherry? Well,
3: you know, <laughs> The Dorothy show, The Wizard of Oz, the whole Toto thing, was one of my childhood favorites. But, you know, as I grew on in time, I realized that there were a lot of lessons in that story. And when we talk about the cloud, I just, you know, and I started to learn about what the cloud was and and even what what mobility was. I just Mm -hmm. thought, you know, we're at an apex here. We're at a changing point in our careers in IT. The world is going to be vastly different because of this. I had the good fortune to work with Ben's team on on demand p- demand products for SAP, mm-hmm. and that was several years ago. That we started those conversations, and it was then that it reminded me that things constantly are changing. And just like in the Wizard of Oz, there's a tornado or twister blowing out there and somewhere, and you can you can hide from it, you can be caught up in it, and you know be um, injured by it, or you can try to work within its bounds and try to make it the best solution for your company.
2: That's terrific. Ed, talk to me about our topic today, co-innovation. What's your belief in the power and the value and the the meaning of co-innovation, Sherry? What does it mean to you? And you're, you're big in ASUG, and you must see this everywhere. How is it working out? Oh, it's really
3: exciting. I mean, from my early years in ASUG, our early model was influence models with SAP. But the co-innovation came along, and it was quite a different model. We literally started with a blank page in working with SAP developers. And first of all, it was exciting to be with the developers and be able to hear their thoughts and have them ask us what we did on a daily basis. So it, it was really not about what should the IT product do, but how do you do your work? And then they would go away, and they would decide how should this i t product fit the way people are working today, mm-hmm. So it, it was a lot of exchange of ideas, and it was real. It was really about the way we were working and needed to work for the future. Um, and the turnaround time, much faster than anything we 've seen um, in the past in i t these were really agile responses. Um, they would literally write down on a whiteboard for us everything we said. The old-fashioned way, if you will, but we would take mm-hmm. pictures of that and share it in the cloud on Streamworks uh, and continue the discussion. And, you know, they just listened to us so much so that they could come back and say, well, June on your team said this, and, you know, Harry said this. And they could quote people on the team. Um, so it was really a wonderful experience to be heard as a customer, number one. But number two, to see the outcome of that exercise was really, no kidding – a system that we could get our hands around that really met our needs.
2: Sounds very gratifying, and it sounds very productive, too. And there's one thing we know at all levels of the way we work today, Sherry, and I know our other guests will agree. People want to be heard. We want to contribute. We want to have value and know that something hopefully wonderful will come out. And the concept of co-innovation is that we're doing it together with people who might not be on our immediate team. I love the idea. Let's turn to Michael Krigsman. Michael, words of wisdom. Success requires deep engagement with customers. How deep are we talking about?
1: We're talking uh, that the source of ideas, the source of innovation can either be practical and meaningful to users or mm-hmm. it can be abstract and pie in the sky. And if you're going to develop software that users will find meaningful and helpful, that requires engaging with those folks, participating in ongoing dialogue, with those folks. And you ask, how deep? Well, Mm -hmm. deep enough so that you can get a, a clear sense of what the user needs, how the user works, what the user's problems are, and so forth. Because if you're lacking in any of those areas, then the software you develop is going to miss the mark in some important way.
2: Okay. Does this apply just to developing software or we took a hard goods company, somebody who's manufacturing? Is this a typical kind of conversation that should become typical today, Michael, where they are saying we really want not just doing a survey but let's make a team, let's work side by side, let's hear each other. Where? are the applicability of this? Well, sure. This is applicable
1: to just about any domain where you are trying to build a product or a service for somebody else. The, the, the more that you are in uh, contact, communication, collaboration, co-innovation, going up the scale with the customers, the, the more accurately you're going to hit the target. Our field happens to be software, so we talk about this mm-hmm. in the context of IT and software. But, of course, it's
2: applicable to just about any domain. Good. Good to know because we have a, a big audience for our coffee break show. As you may know, we have about twenty-five thousand listeners a month who are tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we know they come from all kinds of companies, services, and products, all kinds of arenas, all over the world. And so we want everybody to know that co-innovation is is a topic, is a mantra they can adopt for whatever their industry is, whatever their geography, and more important, whatever size company. Thank you, Michael. And now I want to turn to Sven. Sven Co-innovation is a state of mind. It's real. It's not just white paper theory. Talk to me about this. You are heavily involved in this at SAP. What's the derivation of the term co-innovation? Maybe you can help me with how is it different from co-development, Sven?
4: Oh, what's well, pleasure! And then let me start maybe to go a little bit back in time. Not too much, but a little bit back. So when I started with enterprise resource planning software, so a software that runs companies, we had situations, and that's what I said, it's so awesome to be on this call because it really describes what I had with customers. So Sherry, Michael, myself, you sitting together on a table and discuss what we want to change. And we come to an agreement and we find good ideas. And mm-hmm. that can be any idea about improving a process, about doing something very new, doing something very innovative, or just being more effective. Uh, the problem was that it took very, very long time to get that innovation back to you as an end user. And the reason mm-hmm. was very obvious because neither the technology, nor the way we work together really, really helped. So basically, there was a very long time between someone who has a good idea comes mm-hmm. together with someone who codes it, who implements it at the end and brings it to life. So co-innovation is basically, and this is the sentence, how I describe it to my people, uh, mm-hmm. co-innovation is basically to reduce the barriers between the one who uses and the one who codes. And actually, we started that in the ERP times. We really were sitting together. We are trying to improve those processes, and we learned a lot from other industries. You just mentioned that before. Um, there are processes, there are examples in other industries. Take Lean, take um, Agile. Uh, this is, has been in the industry for a while, but now the question is, how do you apply it to our industry? But with the cloud, and I'll lead to that a little bit better. It just mm-hmm. has gone better. It has been much faster than before. So basically, the barriers are less, and the speed of the innovation coming to the end users is much, much faster.
2: Sven, is there a time frame when you start a co-innovation topic or a project, if you will? Do two people, two companies, two teams get together and say, we're going to start this on June 1st and we're going to have something in hand by, let's say, November 30th of the same year and work toward that common goal? It sounds to me like there are some rules of the road that make co-innovation very effective. Can you enlighten me on that?
4: Yeah. So basically, of course, a framework and a way how you do it tremendously helps. But at the end of the day, everyone who contributes, and we can talk about the constituents and who plays in a role in that, they really need to have that mindset. It is not a program where you can just follow some tricks and do it always this way. You need to be flexible. But at the end of the day, you need to be committed. You need to be committed to achieve something together. And it's like learning what we do every day, but you learn just much faster if you have the right people together, or we're looking for a goal. And there are some tricks that you can do to really make it effective, because at the end of the day, as I said before, if what is, has been talked about, what has been agreed about, if that innovation doesn't come to life, definitely then there was an investment in the wrong way.
2: Very interesting. You said we're just about ready for break, but I just wanted to tell you that. I uh, just want to ask you a question. I'm always bringing up on these radio shows, Sven, the concept of corporate culture, company culture, and you said it takes the right people for co-innovation. So we're going to go to break right now. When we come back, I'd like to kick off the second segment with you, Sven Denikin, starting this conversation back again where we're leaving off here about what is the corporate culture that will feed and flow into the beautiful thing we're talking about, which is co-innovation. Very, very exciting. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP, right here on the Business Channel. My very special guests are Sherri Ann Meyer, channeling Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, Michael Krigsman, glad to be back, and... Sven Denikin, who's going to talk to us about the real deeper meaning and how you can take the words co-innovation, that wonderful new word, put it to use for your company very, very quickly. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.b.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP radio during the show. Now back to in the cloud with game changers.
2: Back, we're still here with our head in the cloud. We're talking today to Sven Denik and Sherry Ann Meyer and Michael Krigsman about co-innovation, a cloud state of mind. And I've asked Sven Denikin to kindly tell us a little more about the concept of state of mind implies as a person with a mind that's in a state of co-innovation. So, who are these people? You said the right people for co-innovation. Or do they have a demographic, Sven? Is there an age group? Forgive me for asking. Is there a gender? I know you won't like that one. But who are they? How do you go into your- your organization and say, hey, I heard Sherry Ann Meyer on SAP Radio. She's the kind of mind I want to work in Co-Innovation, our company. Do we have a a Sherry of our own? How do you pick those right people, Sven?
4: So so first of all, I was lucky to meet in the projects people like Sherry Ann Meyer, but um, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to describe her now. She can do that much better than I do, but it's exactly that approach. You need the right mix uh, with the right attitude. And when I talk about the right mix, you need to have an engineering mindset. You need to have a designing mindset. You need to have people who can drive projects and, and, and hold tight um, if there are changes out there. So really, you need to have a team. The problem in our industry is sometimes an engineer talks to an engineer, a designer talks to a designer, an architect mm-hmm. talks to an architect. They all understand each other. But if you put them on one table, you need to moderate that. You need to have that open mindset. So the characteristics really is what is the goal? Everyone drives towards that goal. But I am able to talk with people who have an other domain expertise, respect that, bring that in into my ideas. And as I, as I told before, we're coming from a way of an industry who who had long innovation cycles. And Mm that takes the cloud. There are tremendous short innovation cycles. So really, you need those people who are able to look above the cubicle line, who are able to talk with other domain experts and, and learn from them.
2: I love that looking above the cubicle line. So I'm going to push you to answer my question. Is there an age on these people? Are they under 30? Are they, are they over 30 and under 60? Do they come from a certain educational background? Are they people who love to talk to other people and have other qualifications? How would you identify them in, in any organizations, Sven? Just give me a little more here.
4: Yeah. So, so you're, you're not gonna get me on the age thing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually very common that I'm often asked is, you know, are those cloud solutions only for the young people?
2: Thank you. Basically, we Thank know
4: you. that in 2016, 47% of the workforce gonna be born after 1980. So just imagine how they're used to work, to collaborate, to live, um, with technology, but, but, but they come also in companies where, where there are people who, who have a lot of knowledge or maybe more seasoned. And, and here's again, it's the mixture that does make the difference. It's a mixture of domain expertise. It's a mixture of cultures, it's a mixture of agents because everyone's going to learn from each other. And, and of course, uh, there's also a trick that you can put the right people on the right topics. If I design a user interface, very user centric, how cloud mm-hmm. solutions are, I would take a designer who has a long experience in social networks and in applications. While when it when it is, is connected with with existing solutions, so it means integration, I need an IT expert. I need an architect who really understands the technology from day one and how technology can help. And and again, in the beauty in the cloud is as this is the dominant platform of enterprise choice going forward. Mm-hmm. This is where everyone meets in a very agile and in a very collaborative way.
2: Thank you. Thank you for the laugh about the age. I'm always curious. We, uh, two weeks ago, I think on the coffee break show, we had a, a speaker, Sven, who said that he would, we're talking about skilled labor and the skilled, skills in the, in the workforce in the cloud was the topic. And one of my speakers said, I'm a Gen Y. And then another speaker said, well, I'm Gen X. And then Malcolm from SAP was tweeting to me and he was saying, well, I'm an older worker and I can run circles around both of them. And it was, <laughs> So I, I love to talk the age thing because I'm, I'm, I'm with Malcolm and, and it's just interesting because we are broadcasting live today on the business channel and they're heard in I think over a hundred countries around the world and people turn to radio for interesting, compelling, engaging conversations, which is what we like to have here on SAP Radio. So when you bring up something that makes people listen a little more closely, I think they appreciate that. And there's a lot of young energy out there. I believe there's a lot of older energy, too. Before I get in any more trouble here, Sherry Sherry and Meyer, you mentioned something to me before the show. You said, when we talk about cloud, is there really a wizard behind the curtain? So let's apply that to the idea of co-innovation. Let's, let's segue from where Sven Denik and left off. Is there a wizard to co-innovation or what's your approach to it?
3: Well, and I ask the further question is it just an ordinary man with an extraordinary idea? And I think it's the latter. What I've seen happen in the workforce over the years that I've been in it and in IT and in particular in the HR space which I specialize in for IT is that there's been a shift in what we respect in terms of workers. So the old workforce, um, we primarily at least you know, what I see is that we wanted, you know, extroverted people who could go out there and say a lot of stuff and, you know, they could make quick decisions. And mm-hmm. now I'm seeing kind of a shift in generation where, you know, maybe that introverted person who isn't talking a lot at the table is a really good listener. And that really good ah. listener adds to this blend. So really what Zven what was talking about was it's the diversity, And maybe diversity makes up that little wizard behind the curtain because it takes a village, in my opinion, to really come up with a successful product and to maintain it throughout its life. Um, It's not just one type of person that you can bring to this equation. And, you know, the wizard was, in The Wizard of Oz, for those of you who have seen the movie, was, you know, just an average, ordinary man from Kansas Mm -hmm. who had a great idea. And that's what we have to be open to listening to all the great ideas out there, not just our own. Very
2: well put. And, you know, I'm Sorry, thinking this, up for the...
4: This, Go... I, I fully agree, and let me build on that. So, like yes. you put the right mix of people together, it's the same that you need to put the right partners, like, uh, like a uh, company... Um, like a partner, like a, like a more supportive consulting company together. And it goes even further. You need to have the right geographies if you really want to drive innovation. So, so we are developing the solutions for, of course, a global scale. Mm-hmm. And, and you have differences in regions. And even here, there comes very good energy if you bring those regions together to really drive things forward.
2: Thank you, Sven. So, and I want
4: to... The thought is the red mix.
2: It's, it's great. And I want to bring Michael Krigsman into this conversation. Michael, you told me that, uh, let's do a little historical looking back and just to, f- to uh, fortify our pointer. You say in the past, software developers had an idea and created a product. Okay. With few alternatives, the users had to adapt to whatever the developers put in front of them. So it was all new. Since it was all new, this was not a problem because any software was better than no software at all. So we were coming from a, a question of the cupboard is bare, the shelf is empty, the plate is bare, and so people were grateful for anything, but we've certainly evolved. So why don't you take that a little more into the co-innovation concept, Michael? Sure. So it's definitely the case
1: that when – imagine a business that is using paper-based forms for their their CRM administration, for example – and, 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 and by the way, I think there are many small and even mid-sized businesses where there is still a lot of paper as opposed to computer automation. Mm-hmm. And so, and you introduce a product, a software product to that, to that group. Well, they'll be grateful because of the labor savings, but as that organization becomes more sophisticated, as the users become more sophisticated, as the users are uh, engaging with each other on Facebook and Twitter and online products, and they're seeing what's possible, eventually, if the software that they have it, at work is not designed well, intuitive, good user interface, good user experience, accomplishing what they need, well, they're going to be pretty dissatisfied at work. So the question then becomes, as the user expectations, become more sophisticated, which is happening across industry because per computers and software is becoming more pervasive, the, the, how do the developers create products that will meet those user expectations? And sitting isolated in an office making assumptions about what the users need is really very often not going to hit the target. And the, so, the, so the solution to that, in fact, is collaboration and then actually co-innovation where the software developers can sit with the users and together jointly come up with products and designs that will be most effective for solving the user problem. And in today's world, Mm -hmm. more and more, as more and more companies are, more and more user companies and more and more software vendors are engaging in this type of activity, it's raising the bar for everybody. So it becomes more and more important to to do this.
2: Very interesting. Uh, we're just about at break, but I, this all brings back to mind a job I had many, many, many years ago, back in the mid-'80s, if I'm allowed to say that, not bringing up aid, Sherry. Uh, I was assist. I worked for a correspondent bank, and a correspondent bank is not your retail bank. It's not a bank where you walk in and talk to a teller or or get a package of checks. It's a banker's bank. We supported the savings banks of New York State. And they hired me as what they called a systems liaison, because I had a programming background as a mainframe COBOL program grammar and other languages and I spoke English. Hello, I discovered I had that language too. So they had me go around to the departments in the bank and talk to them about what they needed the IT department to design in terms of applications in terms of software and then I would go back to my IT buddies and I would speak in their language and say Bob in this department needs this I guess that might have been a precursor at a very elementary level to co-innovation I'm not sure but I just wanted to go on record to say this sounds good and familiar at a much higher level. I'm Bonnie D. Graham you're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers and I have a great game changing panel today. We'll be right back with Sven Denik and Sherry Ann Meyer. Sherry to us, Michael Krigsman. I'm going to kick off the second half with the topic of social collaboration. We know social is there, social business, social networking. How is it affecting co-innovation? We'll be right back.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand-name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. in the cloud with game changers presented by sap if you have a question or comment for bonnie or her guests send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com you can also tweet your comments to pound sign sap radio during the show now back to in the cloud with game changers
2: We've got our head in the cloud, we're talking in the cloud, but we're talking a very reality based conversation with my special guest, Sven Denik and Sherry Ann, aka Sherry, the Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz lady to me now, Sherry, you're my new best friend when it comes to movie lore and Michael Krigsman, of course. I want to talk about social collaboration, but first I'm gonna plant a seed in my guests' minds. When we come back on our last segment, which is coming up in about eighteen minutes, where I'm gonna ask each of you to look into the crystal ball and predict what co innovation will look like like, sound like, feel like in five years, and you can treat that any way you want. Well, we still have the word. But what I want you to think about while you're talking in this segment is, will we have any of those famous pairs I mentioned in my intro today, like uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers or William Proctor and James Gamble or Jacques Cousteau and Emile Gagnon or Bill Gates and Paul Allen? Will there be any stars who emerge as the kings and queens and and royal couples or royal partnerships and co-innovation? But let's, I diverge, I diverge. I I digress. Uh, Sven Denikin, let's talk about the role of social collaboration. Is there such a thing as having this co-innovation energy happening and finding your co-innovation partners through social, through social mobile, through people who know about your brand and they say, hey, I'm here. I have a great idea. Let me in. Let's break down those walls or those cubicles. users. What do you think of the role of social today in co-innovation, Sven?
1: Actually,
4: actually, it starts even earlier. Let's, let's mm. put away the buzz that is out there around social and cloud. So, so fundamentally, what we all want to do, uh, being in IT, being on the business side, we want to design the solutions the way how we work. Uh, now, the way how we work is changing very much over time. We all know that we need to be more agile, more speed. We're all mobile. So so basically, those are trends, which I think in a couple of years, no one will think back that it started somewhere or it's strange. It, it, it's just there. And I think the same is about collaboration. And mm-hmm. and actually, if I just look at my four-year-old son, he, he goes to, to a device, which I have. It's a laptop. For him, it's an old device, and he tries to swipe over the screen because it doesn't behave like an iPad. So, uh-huh. so basically, or if if I look at a manual, a manual is a broken iPad for him because it doesn't move. So, what I mean by that, there are patterns out there in in the younger industry, but also, of course, for us, where how we collaborate, how we get information, um, and, and this is what I mean. Which actually, if you adopt to that a little bit, if you if you try to use it for the better, I think specifically in co-innovation, we're not only using this, we're also trying to build solutions based on those patterns, like crowdsourcing, like getting Mm -hmm. a team together virtually. Because if if you want to co-innovate across Atlantic, if you want to uh, co-innovate across borders of enterprises, you need to use all those tools. If not, you're, again, just losing time.
2: Sven, tell me a little more about crowdsourcing. I've heard the word. I'm not sure I really understand what it does. What does it mean to you in, from your position at SAP with Co Innovation? Do, do we use it? Is this something you recommend to the listeners?
4: Let me be selfish for a second. So, so when I tweet, when I blog, mm-hmm. when I communicate with people in Co Innovation, I, I share. But of mm-hmm. course, if you share, you get something in return. If I'm texting with Michael about some topics, of course, we don't do that in isolation and others join and we share those ideas and we improve those ideas and other people get their fair share out of it. So basically, crowdsourcing does mean you put something out there, people collaborate, and there's nothing where you need a contract for. It. There's nothing which you need to put in a formality at the beginning.
1: Ah, okay. um, of course,
4: if you at the end want to achieve a project, want to change something significant, then you run in a project mode. But this how people collaborate, how social they are. This is a perfect starting point to create new ideas. And, and you asked a little bit earlier, co-innovation, when do you do it? I think you mm-hmm. do it always with new solutions, with existing solutions, with stuff that you want to improve over time. And that social aspect, that getting the, the wisdom of the crowd into what you want to improve, that is another part of the secret sauce.
2: It's very exciting. It sounds exciting to me. Sherry, what do you think about the social aspect of co-innovation? You're, you're a big deal with uh, ASUG. What do you see? Do you see social entering that mindset today?
3: Oh, without question. I mean, to begin with, I wouldn't know these gentlemen if it weren't for the social world of Twitter and LinkedIn and Uh uh, SAP community network. Um, We got to know each other not first in person at a conference or anything or through any kind of business negotiation, but really through social networking. Um, And these contacts that I've made are, you know, phenomenally valuable to me. Um, it opens the door to me to be that continual, agile learner. Uh, and I am a continuous learner, but, you know, you don't learn anymore by just reading a book. You learn by talking to other people. You're on the cutting edge by being out there reading what's going on on Twitter every day and opening up those key links that are in there to find out what's going on and what are people thinking and what's changing. Uh, definitely collaboration, co-innovation,
2: they go hand in hand to me. Sherry, you just said. Oh, who was to speak? Was that Sven? No, that was Michael. Michael, please go ahead. I had the question, but y'all wait. You go.
1: Well, I think there's an important point here as well that that Sven and and Sherry are making, which is when we think about collaboration, a lot of times you think about you know social collaboration. We think about Twitter. Oh, we're going to just tweet and share knowledge and share all of this mm-hmm. stuff. But you know, uh, when you when you take co- that type of social collaboration and and a Ben said, you then focus it on achieving a particular goal. That's when you get the benefits that, that Sherry was just talking about. This is not social collaboration in the sense of, you know, just free form and, and freewheeling. This is, mm-hmm. this is focused, working together in an efficient way with the atmosphere. Again, Ben was talking about this atmosphere of openness and cooperation. Not with every point written down in a contract, but with shared mutual goals and shared mutual values to achieve a specific end result in mind. So so that's the important thing to keep in mind as well, that it's not just a vague well we'll right. sort of talk it's no this is this is business and it's very focused, but it's both Absolutely, and an open. Absolutely,
4: community. and I like that. And let, let me take that even a step further. Yes, please. I would argue that from this behavior, from from this what we learn doing coordination, we can tremendously influence the solutions that we build in the cloud. And I think for me, there are three fundamental things what you're going to see as emerging pattern in those solutions. Mm-hmm. Number one, they really are designed the way people work. Some people are more more communicative. Some people are more engineering driven, but you really need to design that how they work. The second what I see is those solutions really can align people across barriers of departments, for example, like closely align IT with the business. and the last one is definitely it, it needs to help the people to get more business agile to really do their job better and faster, and having more fluid team collaboration so people. Constantly working together, can make some concrete examples. It's really showing tremendous impact in companies and, and on the way that people work.
2: Thank you for clarifying, Sven, and I wanted to bring up the one of the first words you used when we started this conversation about a half hour ago. You used the word framework, so Michael, agree, thanks for that point that this is business. We're talking about goals. We're talking about producing something new, innovative, with other people, co-innovation, co-development, collaboration, another keyword, or culture, another keyword, but we are talking about something specific, and it's not just, oh, let's just sit down and watch Twitter for six months and see what kind of ideas float across the, the tweets. If you will, uh, I wanted to bring up another point, and I, I'd like any of you to jump in. We have four minutes till break. Darn, this goes fast when you're having fun. <laughs> and my point is, is some, Sherry introduced the idea, we're talking about social collaboration, the idea of looking on Twitter. We're talking about crowdsourcing and Twitter and social media. And f- anybody out there who's listening who thinks If you if you even dare to say this, you think that Twitter is just for people to say, oh, I got up and I yawned and I had three cups of coffee and I'm going back to bed, or oh, it's a nice day, I'll go to the park. Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook are becoming business tools. I'd like my three guests to each chime in on this, that there are ideas and you do meet people this way who can add value. So, Sherry, since you brought it up, why don't you give me uh, about a minute on that topic, if you don't mind.
3: Well, I started using LinkedIn first and then forced myself to use Twitter. And I'm old school, so it it took me a while to figure out how to get my words down to enough, short enough text to put into a tweet. But I think that's important because there's so much information out there, and how do you become this agile learner if everything is so big? But by using Twitter, what I learned was that I could – get quick headlines, even just maybe from the New York Times or from each other, and see what my colleagues were doing out there, where they were, what conferences they were at, what what they heard from someone else that was interesting. Um, so it's like reading headlines. It's like CNN headline news, for example. Uh, in a business sense. And, yes, it isn't about opening up Facebook and saying, well, today I'm going to color my hair. Um, I really do use it as a business tool um, and to communicate ideas or who I'm listening to right now and to share thoughts with everybody else. Um, I think if you have a natural curiosity, um, you want to be out there reading, but you're also out there asking questions and looking for feedback from others.
2: Great. Thank you. Michael Krigsman, jump in on this one quickly. We have about a minute, um, 30 seconds for you, then I'll take 30 from Sven. So what's your thought about using social media tools for business collaboration? I use social media
1: tools uh, a millimeter wide and 10 miles deep. Just a quick example. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday I attended a conference and had the chance to get together with a CIO who was at the same conference. We met each other over Twitter just a tremendous, we spent an hour together talking about his issues, CIO issues. It was great. How would I have gotten to that person directly bypassing layers of communications people and admins and everything else? And we just sat down and we just had a cup of coffee. It was very nice. It was fantastic. Wonderful.
2: Be- beautiful moment in social history. I appreciate that. Great business example. Sven, you want to take me up to break? What's your thought about the value of social tools in what we're talking about, co-innovation, and just meeting yeah, people? I'll give you
4: my very personal example. and I, I was yes. in a lucky position that my company allowed me to build new teams again and again and again. You know what? I find more about people on LinkedIn that I find in the HR system or in, in the resume that they send me. That's very and, true.
3: And the
4: reason is they do mm-hmm. it by themselves. They see a benefit, so they do it more. They do it better. The quality is better. They get feedback from others. and And that is something that I usually trust if there is feedback from others. Of course, you can make it up. But over time, this gets leveled. So social media for me has been a perfect idea of, Recruiting the right talents, the right people, which with internal tools I would have never been able because they were outdated. If the people are very interesting, going to tell you. Yep,
2: great example. Great examples, everybody. We we were a little off the topic there, but I wanted our audience to know that we're talking to three very astute and savvy business people, experts in multiple fields, each of them, and that. Social media is not just a toy. It's a good business tool used well, used wisely, and respected wisely. you got to know you're right. You're right. And, and somebody said you don't know what people are saying they say it by themselves, but you get to know. What's interesting is, uh, to, my, to my three experts on the show today, when we prepare for SAP radio, one of the first things I do when I know the guests is to go out and look for them on Twitter just to see what they're tweeting about and do they have a Twitter handle. If they don't, you know the old saying, if you're not online, If you don't have a presence, a footprint, you don't exist. Well, duh, beginning to wonder about that. We have 30 seconds till the break. I'm going to give you a preview of the next section. We're going to talk in the last segment about crystal ball. Yes, crystal ball in the cloud. Picture that. Sherry, I think there's a movie script in there somewhere, the crystal ball in the cloud. I'm going to ask my guest to talk about co-innovation in the cloud, five years from today, and let's see what they tell us. And I also want each of you to address, will there be such a thing as a co-innovation department in big companies and in business plans of new companies? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for joining us in the cloud with Game Changers. We've got a lot more coming back right after the break. So don't even think of touching that mouse. Justin, out.
0: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network think you know sap think again sap customers produce over 70 percent of the world's chocolate more than 50 percent of the world's brand name jeans over 72 percent of the world's beer more than 86 percent of the world's athletic footwear and over 65 percent of the world's televisions learn more at www.sap.com Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP radio during the show. Now back to in the cloud with game changers.
2: We're talking Turkey here in the cloud. We're talking about co-innovation, about business tools, about being social, mobile, about knowing what people are saying on topics that interest you, and having a social presence so you can be a valued and sought-after co-innovator. We're certainly tying up all the ends here. So now it's time for the crystal ball. I'm going to start, ladies first, with Sherry Ann Meyer. We're allowed to call her Sherry. She's our new expert on Dorothy and Toto. I love that Sherry, <laughs> and and I love the fact that when I asked you for notes for the show you gave me what all the, the depth of the movie wizard of oz and all the applicability to what's going on in the world today so thank you for sharing that so sherry crystal ball what do you see five years from today or you tell me what time frame for co-innovation what do you think
3: well, gee, I think five years from t- today, it could be so dramatically different that I can't even describe it. But I will say that probably three years from today, two to three years from today, there's,
2: mm-hmm. it's
3: going to be different in a way that today I see that there are a few game changers in play. And innovation is largely in the IT space. And I think you're going to see that grow so that it's really the business that are the game changers. They're going to be playing a much more active role in this, It's not Mm -hmm. going to be just IT people. Um, It's going to be um, discussions across the board. And in fact, at Air Products, we do have an innovation group here, which is in the IT department. But we are Mm -hmm. already starting to encourage non-IT members to participate in innovation contests and collaboration internally. So, I really think that going forward, it's not going to be IT is going to be more more part of the business and less a specialized function.
2: That sounds exciting to me. I like the E word excitement when it comes to corporate culture. It, it makes people want to stay, doesn't it, Sherry? Yeah. Makes it them want to... S- Stay with the company and grow and meet more people and bring more to the table. Maybe come out of their shell or their specialty and say, hey, I have a career here, not just I have a job. That's always a good thing. And you in HR, I I know you can appreciate that as well. Thank you for your three-year prediction. I like that. Michael Krigsman, you've done this many times with us before. What do you see in the crystal ball for co-innovation? Is it going to be around? Are we going to still be calling it? Co-innovation in three years, five years. Tell me. No,
1: no, we are not going to be calling it co-innovation because five years from today, the entire concept of co-innovation is going to be absolutely pervasive, because the expectations and the sophistications of users will be high enough that it is simply expected that if you're developing software, you're working closely with users. And and we, why do you need to give that a
2: special name? That's just the way we do it. There is nothing else. So it will be the fabric. It will be the way of work. It will be the mode. There's no question. The so let me ask you another question. Listen, Michael, you and I both know people love buzzwords, right? We love agility. We love innovation. We love collaboration. We love all the wonderful buzzwords that give us something, pardon me, to tweet about and to put on Facebook. Hey, I heard this. I heard that. Look what I'm doing. Look what my team is doing. We need a new buzz. So <laughs> I'm going to really put you out on the, on the ledge here, Michael Krigsman. Uh, what word would you like to take the concept of co-innovation into the future? that would be maybe another level or a refinement of that topic that we could hang our hat on and, and I could have it printed on a T-shirt and say Michael Krigsman told me. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not mm. putting any pressure on you, am I? Anything?
1: Yeah, five years. You know, <clears throat> any, the, the problem is, is that anything that I might say is a buzzword, and I don't like to get into these, but you're asking for a buzzword. It's, <laughs> the concept is pervasive communication.
2: Okay. Pervasive
1: collaboration.
2: Okay, I like that. And let's spend the endless night
1: of of the endless night (laughs) of pervasive communication.
2: We're going to write a movie script on that
1: buzzword phrase for for you.
2: We've got it. I'll have the T-shirt printed tomorrow, and I'll send you one. I'll (laughs) take a pink. You can take a blue. And sure, you're not going to write a movie script around it. Sven Denican, not to have you stand on the sidelines. Talk to me. What do you see in your crystal ball, Sven?
4: I, I love crystal balls, by the way, and it's part of my job, but um, <laughs> That's right. I, do it? I have the benefit to talk to so many innovative people from all categories, from all functions, given all the large customer base that we have, and, and and one of the quotes which immediately comes into my mind was a CIO from a very large company, and he said, there needs to be a transformation from the chief information officer mm-hmm. towards the chief innovation officer. Ah. So I like that because it's really all about bringing innovation to life. What I think so, though, if I look into a crystal ball, and especially as I'm, I'm also very driven by data, um, I, I happen to believe in surveys show that that just a couple of years out, more than 75% of new investments are going to be cloud-based spend. And the reason is because the people really see big benefits for themselves. They see it comes with mobility, it comes social, and they're not only looking at the cost, they're really looking at that flexibility. So what I see in the crystal ball, and actually that's what I talk when I talk with my team, Mm
1: -hmm. I I want
4: our team not to be needed in a couple of years. I want Ah. this state of mind being everywhere in our organization. No matter what I do in my organization, um how I interact with customers needs to be co-innovative. I don't care how you call it, but it needs to be a state of mind.
2: Okay, so let's take that state of mind, Sven Deniken, and where would you be? Let's say three years from now, we don't have a co-innovation team, but you're heading something else wonderful and innovative. I'm going to reuse that phrase, if you don't mind. What would you be doing along the lines of the next wave of innovation? If it's already a mindset and everybody's doing it, where will you be? Tell me.
4: Well, actually, I think bottom line, I will do the same. I will talk with people. I will mm-hmm. work with them together on new ideas. But, of course, we need to look at the trends from technology. The way how we're doing it will be different. It will be everything mobile. It will be on networks. Uh, it's going to be networks that cross the boundaries of companies. And, of course we need to react and we need to respect that the world's gonna speed up even more.
3: Oh, Sven, and we're gonna have Actually, little I
4: picture myself sitting somewhere in, in the us. sun on the beach and doing that with my mobile device.
2: <laughs> uh, Sherry, what did that's you that's Sherry's gonna Sherry's gonna toss something in here before I do my outro. Go ahead, Sherry. What were you gonna say? We're gonna
3: have little discs implanted in babies at birth. I'm gonna be able to <laughs> GPS my child no matter where she is in the future. And we're just gonna have to just press a button on our hands and talk we won't have mobile devices
2: yeah, will be all- there be one will there be one in toto as well oh yeah okay awesome. there I you go i have those already Dog. I think they probably do. And electric <laughs> fences too. Hey kids, let me take a look into the crystal ball because I have a lot to say here. I'm Bonnie. It is upcoming on In the Cloud with Game Changers. Next week we're going to talk about the rise of enterprise app stores in the cloud. I'm calling that Shop the Cloud. Come along for a good shopping trip with me and my guest June 28th. We're going to skip the week of July 4th. Excuse me, one week off. I think this is our our 38th, 39th consecutive week of doing live radio. July 12th we'll be back with the social enterprise, the new collaborative business culture in the cloud, which I know will be a segue from our great conversation today and Wednesdays. We're here on the Business Channel Coffee Break with Game Changers Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific. Next week, the 27th of June, we'll be talking about HR analytics. How is your human capital investment performing for you? And July 11th, risky business. Are risk managers looking for all the wrong risks in all the wrong places. There's a song in there. Reminder, if you want a free official SAP Coffee Break Radio mug, go to SAPGameChangersRadio.com. Use a business email address and we'll ship it to you on us. I have some thank yous to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Greg Chase, and Margo Heiligman, and the Business Channel team, Ryan, etc. You all rock. And I want to thank my three very special guests because I think we co-innovated business radio in the cloud today. Sherry Ann Meyer, thank you so much for joining me Michael Krigsman always a pleasure and Sven Dennegan I'm waiting for you to come back anytime you want thank you all have a great day thank you you, wonderful wonderful glad Glad. I'm Bonnie D. Graham this has been another live edition of In the Cloud with Game Changers have a great week we'll see you next week everyone bye 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 bye
0: Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com.